Um, thank you, Ben, again, brother. Uh, y'all remain standing. I want to do something. We did this last week. We're not going to be doing this every Sunday, but uh, it just looks so good, and so many of our folks were away in Honduras that I just, I really wanted them to experience this too. Uh, those of y'all who are here, you know what we did. I was preaching on the church. I will say this. If you missed last week's sermon, I would, I don't just always say this, but I would check out that podcast because it was very much about who we are, who we're going to be, and if you call Bellwether your home, I just think you need to hear it. So please, like I said, I don't do that often, but uh, listen to that. And then I want us to pray together. And when I say together, I mean let's get up close and personal. Um, a weakness of this space is that we don't have that. So move in, grab a hand or grab a shoulder. Uh, you know, even if you're, you're visiting, we, we don't get this warm and fuzzy every Sunday, but we do sometimes, and it's good. We're the body of Christ, even if you don't call Bellwether your home. Uh, We're part of the body of Christ, and uh, we need to come together and be united in Christ and be united as a church uh, for the world and as we go that are raising leaders and disciples of Christ. Amen? Amen. So I want to get together and pray together as his body. Let's do that. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you that we can come together, that we can gather for worship. Regardless of a style, dear Lord, we're so blessed with worship. Uh, Thankful that... uh, for Chris's leadership and him going to Honduras and coming back, for Ben's leadership today, Chuck and Fran's leadership last week, uh, the different variations of worship. I thank you that we can gather and, and fellowship and, and visit. I thank you for our, our groups that uh, mean so much to so many here. I pray that they would just grow and bear much fruit. Uh, I pray for our, our learning, that we would get into God's Word more and more and see uh, who Jesus is and who we are to be when he lives in us. And I pray that we would go more and more. I pray for our, we call it mission, but it, is, it should be just church. Should be that, that's who we are. That not only if it's global or local, we're, just, we're his church, so we go. And I pray that we go more and more. I thank you for the testimony of the Heisels that, um, that dear Lord, man, I, I'm afraid. Look, we if we're all honest, we're all afraid to go. We're, we're afraid to go to our neighbors, that they might make fun of us. Or we're, we're afraid to say something at work. We're afraid to go around the world. You know, I pray for boldness. I pray for boldness in both uh, ministry and preaching and in worship. I pray for boldness for this church. And I pray for protection because there is an enemy. He seeks to divide. And uh, I, just, I just pray against uh, division and dissension in the life of this body. And that we're, just, uh, we're united in Jesus. We want to know who he is. We want to serve him. Um, just pray we can be about him more and more. Thank you for those that give their time, give their Sunday mornings, for everything that you're, you're doing in this church. And I just pray a prayer of protection as, as we move forward in discernment and in Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Thank you all. Again, you all look great together. Just saying. Just saying. But um, so... Um, the Heisels read the scripture this week. Again, if you have your Bibles, it, uh, it's Mark, uh, Mark chapter 2. And uh, he started at verse 23, and then he ended actually in chapter 3. And uh, we're going to hit that. And then we may go, even go a little further towards the end of the message, some stuff that he didn't read, but, but that's okay. Um, y'all have heard me say we've started this sermon series about who is Jesus. 
It is a series going through the gospel of Mark. So we're in Mark 2 now. It's going to take us through Easter. And, uh, you know, there's a part of me that wishes we could just go verse by verse, which could take us, who knows, a year, two years. This one is uh, right now, we're just going through to Easter. But we do see who Jesus is. And in this sermon series, look, we know, and like I always say, the Sunday school answer is, hey, Son of God, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, praise God. He is. But what I want this sermon series to be about is to see aspects of Jesus' life. And when we see aspects of his life, we also see aspects of the gospel. And so each Sunday we're saying Jesus is about this. Jesus is about this. Last Sunday it was Jesus is about his church. as very much who we are who we need to be, who we hope to be as a church. Today, we're taking a little shift, switching gears. Uh, It's more of a personal sermon, like more for you, uh, or maybe you'd say for your family. But it's Jesus is about rest. Rest. You might need some rest out there. You might be tired. You might be burdened. One other thing that we have with this sermon series is there's a supplementary book we also have at our, our blue table, a connect table. It's by Tim Keller. It's called King's Cross. And in it, he goes through the Gospel of Mark. And I highly encourage you to read it. Like I say, I'm a dummy. It's theology for dummies. It helps me get more of, uh, of what Mark is trying to say. But I say that because Tim Keller said, the greatest blessing, the greatest blessing of the Gospel is that Jesus offers us rest. Rest. Do you believe that? Amen. The um, Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, and I'm going to come back to it at the end. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Jesus offers us rest. And thank God for that because so many of us need it. Like, like I need it. Big time. I'll be honest, this whole week I've struggled with this message. I mean, it it has convicted me because I battle against uh, being a workaholic. I mean, mean, nonstop. And, you know, not to be like pulpit your confession booth, but just to help you, like, understand. I mean, it, it affects my marriage. It affects my being a dad. It affects ministry. And, you know, I think I'm just, uh, I'm an example that, that so many of y'all and so many others could say, yeah, that's me. Um, you know, nonstop, work, 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 get it done, do, 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 serve, serve, serve. And a lot of it's our culture, honestly. I mean, a lot of it is is just where we live. I'm not talking Mississippi. I'm talking like America, you know, and work hard and, you know, get the job done and nonstop and, you know, just constant. And, you know, it's interesting because... You know, Mark wrote this to Christians in Rome, and Rome was very much like our culture today. Get it done, get the job done, do the best, you're a success, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And so, you know, for me, man, we need, to, we need to think about this and see that Jesus is about rest because so many of us, so many of you, me, we need to rest. We need to chill, chill some. Hebrews 4.4 says that God created the heaven and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested. This was God. God, creator, sustainer. Jesus, 
Trinity, he rested. He took a day off. He took a Sabbath. So much so that the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20, 11, it says, keep the Sabbath day holy. Let me say this. That's not a suggestion. That's not a recommendation. That is called a commandment. Ten Commandments. He commands us, along with do not steal, along with do not kill, along with do not commit adultery, do not keep the Sabbath day holy. Rest. Chill out. So, I mean, I'm not, like, very smart or anything, but logic goes, even if we don't do that, we're breaking God's command over and over again. And we do. I do. We do. And what I hope that we can see today is how to keep the Sabbath day holy. hope to see today how we can rest and, and why we should rest, because Jesus, Jesus offers it to us. The, the passage that Heisel uh, read, if I can call you Heisel, Mark, um, it talks about the Sabbath and some things that are going on in the Sabbath. And we do exactly like these folks here in Scripture. We do exactly like the Pharisees. See, God commands us to rest, and we either rebel against Him and say, no, nah, I'm you know, not going to do that, I'm not going to rest, or we try to control the Sabbath. And we say, I'm going I'm to do what I want to do, and, and make it look like I'm keeping it holy, but it's really all about me. And when I say control it, we, we make our own set of rules, and we do our own thing, and we, we don't keep it holy, and we don't really rest. Here, here's what I mean. That first passage, it talks about the grain. And see, I really think this, this grain could be like laws that people make. I mean, it was a law. He says, why are they working on the Sabbath? Why are they doing the grain? Jesus... Jesus who comes to reestablish the Sabbath and to say, you know, this is what it's supposed to be about, he ties it back to David and he says, man, don't you know what David did? He says, they, when they were hungry, they went in and need a food. They went in the house of God and they ate the bread. And you're like, what do you mean laws or rules? What do you mean by that? <clears throat> How does that apply to us? Man, we make Sunday about rules. We make our Christian life about rules. Like, what do you mean by that? Hey, uh, i got to do a Bible study to be a good Christian. Uh, i got to go to church to be a good Christian. Look, I want you to come, and I want you to worship, and I want you to be on time. Those of you all remember. But it's not like, oh, i got to, to be a good Christian. i I got to go to Honduras so I can, you know. Yeah. There's nothing about got to. There's nothing about rules and laws. What Jesus wants and who Jesus is is that it's an overflow out of your heart and out of your life for what Jesus has done, as Ben saying about, saved us, and it's an overflow. It's a, it's a response. And they're saying, well, you can't do this on Sabbath. You can't do this on Sabbath. And what we say is, you need to do this on Sabbath. You need to come to church. You need to do your Bible study. Hey, you could even say, you just said that to me. I need to do a devotion. You do, but it's so easy. There's a gray area, Okay. Seriously, there's this gray area. And we like to live in the black and white. The gospel is, is gray. And that's why we need to look at Jesus. That's why we're trying to focus on Jesus, what he said. And that the response is, is well, that it's a response. That there's an overflow. You say, man, just because of what Jesus has done, I want to know more about him. I want to know who he is. I want to pick up my Bible. I want to read God's word. I want to go to I hunger to know who Jesus is. I hunger to serve him. Because he's changed my life. And not, well, i got to do this, got to do this, got to do this, got to do this. 
And then some folks say, well, since you didn't do this, obviously, you know, you kind of, something I want to say, but I'm not. You're, you know, bad as a Christian. It's not about rules. Sabbath's not about rules. Sabbath's about rest. Jesus is about rest. Jesus is about rest. Let me say, Jesus is about rest. Why is he about rest? Because there is nothing that we can do to get us saved. But Jesus has done it all. So rest in him. The, uh, the next passage that they read was about he heals a guy on the Sabbath. And this, this speaks to me as a church as well, and I hope it would speak to you all, in that, you know, they, he comes into the synagogue, the church, God's holy place, and he heals this man. And then it says, which is interesting, verse on uh, verse 5, Jesus was angry. Okay, this, this is not warm, fuzzy, hippie Jesus. Jesus is angry that they're like, you know, checking him out. Is he going to heal this guy? You know, trying to trap him. And they're like abusing the Sabbath. They're manipulating the Sabbath. They're trying to control it. So then Jesus heals him. But you know how that speaks to me is that, you know, the Pharisees were wanting to look good and perfect. And here's a guy who needs healing. But our perfection matters more than serving and helping this brother. And Jesus is like, and y'all, y'all are lost. And, and Jesus heals the man. And what I think of for us, for the church, is, hey, man, we could, we could have the most perfect building, most pristine space. We could have the most perfect service. We could have the greatest performances, worship, preaching, everything looking just great. And there'd be people in need that we aren't healing. We're, like, we're, we're not Jesus. We're not Jesus. But Jesus, through us, can bring healing, both in this church body and outside. There's a great picture, a book I read. Um, it is this pristine church. Actually, it was a cathedral. It looked gorgeous. And there was a, a beggar laid out by its door. And that's what I thought of when I read this passage. That everybody's inside worshiping and patting one, other, one another on the back and saying, look how great we are. And just missing out. Like Jesus saying, these brothers are missing out on the gospel and why I'm here and who we should be. Now look, many of us don't miss out. I mean, we go, we go to Honduras, DNA this church. But we, and I, I've got to remind myself, and I've got to remind ourselves over and over again. It's not about us. And Jesus said, it's not about your laws. It's not about your looks. It's not about looking good and perfect it's about me. He even, he even says this. He says, verse 28, chapter 2, the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. He says, I'm greater than your day, the holiest of days. I'm greater than, than anything. Sabbath should be about Jesus, resting in what he's done. But then it should like, it should like help us grow in Jesus. I mean, I know some of y'all, and I know, because, you know, we, we set up and we teach and service-driven everything. But, like, and I hate, you know, a part of me, like, hates this. But it's kind of the conundrum. So we have to make more Sabbath time maybe elsewhere in our, our week. I mean, we're, like, we're worn out on Sundays. Now, I know. I've talked to Chris. Worship like, worn out. So we've got to have that Sabbath time built in somewhere else. Set up team, like, worn, worn out. You think this was bad? You should have seen the courthouse. 
I mean, worn down, you know, just cash out uh, on Sunday afternoons. And the Sabbath should be, and if it's not Sunday, it needs to be sometime, it should, like, direct us to Jesus, point us to Jesus, where we get closer to him and, and know more about him and, like, just rest in him. We need it. Our, our world needs it. But um, we don't. We don't. Uh, I want to hit some things about how we live. Some of you might connect on this. We, we don't rest. Uh, we don't treat Sabbath as the holy day. And, um, you know, we kind of live in a world, I, I'll call it, kind of live in workation. Like it's a combination of work and vacation. You know what I'm saying? Like, our work, we don't really work hard when we work. Like, I work hard. I mean, not all of you, but I know some folks, they like check Facebook 50 times a day, you know, when they work. And they're not really like working hard. They're not giving themselves, you know, into their work. I mean, they're, you know, making calls to friends, setting up plans. You know, it's not, we're not really working hard. It's like this in-between pseudo. And then vacation time, we're not really resting well. You know, take our phone, take our laptop, make some calls, check some emails. I don't know about y'all, but if I do that, my day is like shot, you know. So, I mean, I, you're like, I, I can't believe, you know, you do this. But, man, I just, a lot of times leave the phone at home. Rest. Sabbath. Jesus gives us reason and gives us, man, do it. Do it. You can. But, like, we live in this world of, you know, work hard. Don't stop. Don't rest. Jesus, Jesus gives us this luxury. You know, I tell our staff, our full-time staff, Chris, Jill, and um, JJ, Joseph now, I was like, man, please, please take a Sabbath. I don't know what day it is. Maybe it's Friday. Maybe it's Saturday. Take a day as your Sabbath. And I say, please, please take a vacation. One of my favorite weeks of the year. I love the week after Christmas. It's just like kind of everything slows down. Just, I mean, I love Christmas, but that week after Christmas, man, just everything just slows down a bit. We need that in our life. I love, we always take a vacation a week in June. Just, just go to the beach. Love that week. Thing is, to survive in life, you need a bit more time built in than just like two weeks of the year. And I know, you know, that may be all you can do vacation, but like we have got to build Sabbath. We've got to build a day of rest into our lives. We actually got to build a Sabbath into our daily time every day. So I was talking about the quiet time. We've got to have that. I mean, if you look at rest, and, and look, y'all can push back and look, we live in America. Hey, work hard. 80 hours a week is nothing. I get that, man. I know it and I've lived it. So you put it, man, I, don't, I ain't got that luxury, you can say. What do, you, what do you mean, like, chill out, slow down? We've got to. Like, physically, you have to. You know, if you look at the, uh, the seasons, just, you know, spring, summer, fall, winter, you know, there's seasons of rest. I mean, like, like built into nature. I'm actually, I'm actually a winter guy, kind of one of those weird dudes. Like, I wish winter would be longer. Um, I like bundling up and everything. You got my sweater. But, you know, winter's a time, like, chill out a little bit. So... You can bear fruit in the spring. You know, you get that? A lot of, a lot of flowers, a lot of, well, just about every flower plant, they lay dormant. There's a rule of dormancy. Because if they want to, you know, be nice and fruitful in another season, they've got to chill at a certain time of the year. 
to bear fruit, you've got to rest. Another thing, and this, you know, bums a lot of us out, is, you know, certain sports don't go all year long, you know. I mean, I know like the week before Labor Day, we're like, one more week. Jesus, come soon, you know, like, you know what I'm talking about. You know, the football, I mean, we're like, one, just, I can make it that last week. And, you know, now it's like recruiting has become kind of its own sport. It's like, you know, what's basketball? You know, <laughs> recruiting, bigger season than, well, maybe not for some of y'all. And I love basketball, but... um you know, there are seasons, and they don't go all year long. And the reason is, players need to rest, coaches need to chill out, there needs to be a time of rest. And yeah, I know it's, you know, year-round with recruiting, but like, need to rest. Our muscles, our, our body, we got some triathletes, we got some marathoners here. You know, the one time I tried to run a marathon, I literally broke down, because I was training too hard. I mean, something, an IT band, some of y'all runners, y'all know what that is. I mean, it literally like snapped because I was doing too much. I was not giving my legs time to rest. I mean, rest is built into nature, into the fabric of our DNA. And look, if we don't choose rest, rest will choose us. I promise you. And we'll break down spiritually, emotionally, work, physically. So... We've got to do it. Um, and let me just say this, man. I, I do, not to be like confession or anything, but man, I mean, I struggle with it. it and I, so I hear y'all if you're like, man, I just I can't do that. I mean, I want to work all the time, being a workaholic, and it, it fractures relationships. And it, it fractures ministry. Matter of fact, if you look at Mark 1, 135 and 36, um, I'm going to read this. This kind of spoke to me. This is about Jesus in ministry and, you know, why we should rest because, well, Jesus did. Mark 1, 35 says, In the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, went to a deserted place and prayed. Simon and his companions hunted. That word is hunted for him. When they found him, they said, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns so I may proclaim the message there also. For that is what I came to do. Jesus checked out. Jesus got away and rested. And then his disciples and followers were hunting for him and saying, all these other people are hunting for you too. And he says, no, I'm not going back. We're gone. We're blown out of here. Jesus rested to do ministry. Jesus rested to love people. You hear me on that? Y'all should rest to love people. I should rest to love people. Look, people are people. Are people. We're, we're broken. And if we're going to be in healthy relationships with one another as a church, with other people, we need to chill out and get some time with God, with Jesus. We need to replenish so that we can love people more, so that he can show us, hey, here's where you're broken. Here's where you need to repent. You think you're so great and they're not? We need to get in our quiet time, get in our closet, and pray and let Jesus speak to us and convict us so we can minister and love others like Jesus did. And, um, and it's tough. Again, it is so tough for me, and I have to put it as a discipline. And, you know, the, the main reason for me, I'll be honest here, the main reason for me, I mean, why do I not slow down or why do I not stop or why do you not stop? I mean, a lot of it is, I mean, a lot of it is just competition, honestly, like, like wanting to compete with other people, 
a lot of it's validation. Like, we have emptiness, and we want to be, you know, we want to be that person or be that guy or be that girl or be that, you know, we want to be that. Competition, validation, just not content. That's why we have to turn to Jesus. And you're like, that sounds so cliche. No, seriously, we have to turn to the gospel because the gospel message is you're fully known and you're fully loved. Let me say it again. You're fully known and you're fully loved. Let me say this again. There's nothing we can do to earn heaven. Jesus has done it for us, for you. We can rest in that. We should rest in that. I had a situation at church. It was not with a person. It was something else that I was like, man, I've got to do something else to to get this right. I've got to make it right. And there was nothing else I could do. And it drove me nuts. And I said, you need to just chill and pray. I'm like, no, there's got to be something I can do. There's got to be another angle I can work. There's got to be somebody I can call that can make this happen. It's our flesh. That's our brokenness. That's what I need to repent of every Sunday. That's what you need to repent of, that we don't rest, we don't rely, we want to... Do we really believe? I mean, do we? Do we really trust him? Because if we do, then we will chill, and we will rest, we will pray, and see God work. A couple other things before closing today. One thing about Sabbath and keeping it holy, a lot of times we misuse Sabbath. Misuse it. Here's what I mean. You're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to make it holy. It's going to be my day. I'm going I'm to get it right. I'm going to do, you know, what, whatever it is. I'm going to chill out. There are ways to misuse it. One I've already talked about a lot, but it's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to give it to God. And I'm just going to serve all day, whether it's at church or, you know, getting Sunday dinner ready or, you know, getting kids to youth, it's just like you just serve all day and that's abusing and misusing Sabbath. Look, I want you here. I want you to worship. I want you to be replenished and renewed. I want you to have a Sabbath. I want you to keep it holy a day in the week. And, and often, you know, we just serve and serve and serve and it's like, you know, worn out, drain. Um, another way to misuse it is... Um, we say this, like this weekend, like a lot of us are like, what do I do? No football. It's like the gap weekend, you know? I mean, college is over, bowl's over, playoff. It's like, what the freak? You know, there's nothing to do this afternoon. Seriously. And look, I am all about some football. I love football. Watch some games. Don't let it consume a Sunday. Seriously, don't let it consume a day. You know, and just plop down and like, you know, from 11, you know, some, like some missed church. I'm not going to say anything on that, but, you know, it's just like the whole day is football consumed. Like, that is not Sabbath. That is not keeping the Sabbath day holy. And again, watch some games. Do, you know, whatever it is you do. If it's golf, it's hunt, if it's Read, if it's see a movie, I mean, enjoy, if it's have a, a great cup of coffee, you know, date, have a nice dinner. I mean, enjoy what God has given you and rest in what Jesus has done. But let it point to Jesus. And then one other way we misuse it is just collapse. You know, it's like, I'm just like, uh, you know, just thank God. You know, one day, it's misusing Sabbath. We have not built in, haven't planned you know, 
in our week that time of rest. So when it gets there, just just drop out, collapse. That's why, again, building it into your week, planning for it, preparing. So I just want to give a couple things, practically speaking, on how to keep Sabbath. And this, some of these may rock y'all's world. Let me just preface that, okay? Just preface that, how to keep Sabbath. May not, I don't know. You never can tell. How to keep Sabbath. And you write these down. I would encourage you to write these down. How to keep one day, again, God's command, holy. You know, first, come to worship. I mean, and that's not a cliche either in the sense of like, you know, we want you here, we want you here. But plan and prepare. Like, this is, if you're going to keep Sabbath and if you're going to treat it holy, you know, I always say it doesn't have to be Sunday, but that is like, you know, that's, that's the best day. That's where church does its thing. That's where we gather. Plan and, like, be here to worship as a body. That's what I was stressing last week. Like, this is important. This is, this is not something you should blow off. And I'm not talking about miss, but even when you're here. I mean, you can blow it off and be here. You know what I'm saying? We gather to worship, to look into God's word, to pray for one another, to take holy communion. This is real deal stuff, and we want you to be part of it. So just, just plan to, to worship, to be here. Get away, number two. Like, like once a quarter, like just, just go somewhere for, for a day, for 24 hours, 48 hours. Just get away. If, if you're married, take a, you know, take the, the love trip, you know, wherever that is, that special place. Do that. Get away. And you kind of get replenished so you don't collapse when Sunday hits or when Sabbath hits or whenever that day. Just get away. Number three. Quiet time. I've talked about this before. Sabbath needs to be daily. I mean, we need to have it in our lives every day, not just weekly. Take some time to pray. Take some time to look into God's word so you're not fried when Sabbath comes, Sunday, whatever the day is. Take some time. Do some quiet time. I love this one, and it's hard. Fast. From technology, okay? Not food. I I can't do that. Fast from technology. I mean, you know, cell phone, email. There is this thing that uh, I've seen, and I I have this condition. Uh, It's called PPV, phantom phone vibration, okay? It's like, did did it go off? Let me check. Was that a text? Some of y'all been doing it all service. I know, okay? It's okay. PPV, we have it. It's a condition. Trying to beat it, trying to battle it. And it's like, was that a call? Was that a text? You know, and you know, you're just always looking and always checking. Man, one of the greatest decisions I ever made was not getting work email on my cell phone. Praise Jesus. Because the way I am, the way I'm wired, I mean, it's not just five o'clock when I get home, six o'clock, eight o'clock, ten o'clock, I'll be checking email. I mean, I know, my wife will tell you. PPV, phantom phone vibration, fast from it, like for a day, for a day. Could we turn off our cell phones for a day? It wasn't that long ago that we live without them. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we actually made it. We survived. We got here. We can do that. Think about it for your Sabbath. All right, here's this one. I really debated and prayed about saying that. I'm just going to say it. Um. 
have sex. Okay? I'm serious. Okay? Somebody said, a pastor one time said, the biggest problem we got in our church is our married couples don't have sex enough and our singles have it all the time. And um, I think that can be fairly true of a lot of churches. And what I mean is, actually, the, uh, the Jews, the Jewish people, can teach us a lot about Sabbath. And they would plan and structure their week and times uh, building up to Sabbath, leading to Sabbath. And the ancient Jews, they recommended, just saying, they recommended uh, couples, married couples, having sex four times on the Sabbath. Just saying. Got some amens. There we go. Um, uh, you, know, it's, you know, it may or may not be working for you. I'm just, just throwing it out there, okay? Pastor said, ancient Jews, before Jesus, they said. And, um, you know, I thought about this as I was doing it. I was like, I wondered why my, I love you, Mom and Dad, why, you know, they always had their door closed on Sundays. And, like, one time I looked at it, I was like, oh, oh, baseball, baseball, baseball. I mean, you know, and it happens. And I'm just saying that uh, enjoy your spouse, okay? Just pass that. Seriously, our married folks here, like, you should spend more time together. I know, in, in seriousness. And that, you know, I mean, our, there's, some, there's some marriages that uh, all marriages could use work. And I say that is like, take a day and just, man, hang out together. Remember why you fell in love. Remember why you got married. Just, just talk, enjoy yourself and one another. And um, really, just enjoy your spouse. And so, and all that to say is that, you know, man... Well, keep that point in mind that the problem of, of all churches, singles and married. It's, it's a very valid point. Um, other thing, slow down. You ever been in the slow lane? You know, when you're driving? Like, I, I don't like the slow lane. But you ever been in it? And you're just like, I'm not rushed. I can just go at my own speed. Just cars passing you. Like, on a day, one day, let's take the slow lane. Take, take the slow line at the grocery store. Just, just kind of chill. Just not be rushed. Not worried. Another one, spiritual disciplines. I don't know if y'all know what those are again. We've talked about some of them, quiet time. Prayer, like the Sabbath day, keeping it holy, is, is a great day where you can be disciplined. And, and look, point to Jesus. And then last, caring for others. That was something else, actually, the ancient Jews they stressed on, on the Sabbath, that you would, you would practice the loving your neighbor. You would check next door. You would, you know, have made a cake or a pie and bring it to them on Sunday or for them Saturday. And just care for one another. Check in on people. Show Christ to somebody. It's, these are great ways to keep Sabbath holy. And, and I hope we all will. And I want to read this. Just in closing, this last passage, Heisel didn't read it, but I want to bring it all back to Jesus because that's, that's what it's all about. And Mark 3, verse 7, picks up. It says, Jesus departed with his disciples to the sea and a great multitude from Galilee following him. Hearing all that he was doing, they came to him in great numbers from Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea beyond the Jordan, the region around Tyre and Sidon. He told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd so that they would not crush him. 
for he had cured many, so that all who had diseases pressed upon him to touch him. Whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they fell before him and shouted, You are the Son of God. But he sternly ordered them not to make him known. I just want to highlight this. Demons were shouting, You are the Son of God. I want to bring everything back to Jesus. Why should you rest? What is holding you back from truly resting? What is holding us back from taking a Sabbath? More often than not, we are on the throne and Jesus is not. More often than not, we do not trust Jesus. We do not trust him as God or Lord. We say that. It's the right thing to say. It's what we learned in Sunday school, but we really don't believe it. We trust more in ourselves, in our powers, our abilities, the things we can do, our relationships, our money. That is what we trust. That is what we want to use. I know. I've told you all that. Demons were shouting, you are the son of God. He said earlier, I am Lord of the Sabbath. King of kings, Lord of lords, he rested. When he was with God at creation, they rested. We can rest, but more importantly than that, we can rest because what he has done for us. Let me say it again. You, we are fully known and fully loved by Jesus. And we can rest in that. You, we cannot earn our salvation or a place in heaven or that mansion in the sky. Jesus has got it for us. He has done it. I want to close with a story. And I am sad to say that that many people that I meet, both in and out of Bellwether, are right in this uh, graceful man's place. I've told this story before. God put it on my heart this week. There's a man I was fortunate enough to minister to before he passed. And I know, and I always say, man, I... Yeah, I'm not God, so I don't know where someone's going to spend eternity, but based on what this man said, I believe he's with the Lord. But he, he saw 90. And um, I was with him in those last years, and he said to me over and over and over again, and this is a leader in the church. This man had been on every committee, every leader team. And he said, how do I know? How do I know? How do I know I'll be with Jesus? How do do I really know I'll be in heaven? A lot of you are young. Y'all don't even think that. But when you see 90, you start thinking it. Or you start thinking about what's beyond the grave. And this is a leader. He never missed church. And he said, "How, how do I know, John Hugh? How do I know I'll be with the Lord? I believe he's with the Lord, but I say that I know that many... I think many of you are not maybe there now because you're younger, but many of you are on that road. Why is that? Because you're trying to earn heaven. You're trying to do all the good works you can to get there. You're trying to be God. You're trying to say, like, I can do it. And, and we fail over and over and over again, and we don't rest in what Jesus has done. That man, I love him to death. He wasn't resting in what Jesus has done. And I pray for you, I pray for me, I pray for us, that we would rest in what Jesus has done. And then we could fully rest in our life. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. May you be our rest. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father.
forgive us when we try to do it on our own. Forgive us when we, um, just when we, we put ourselves on the throne. Jesus, I, I pray for, for this church. I pray for our people that we would, uh, we would come to know what you have done and that you, that we can just rest in that. We can rest in you. We would not try to earn our salvation. We would not try to earn our standing. We would not try to earn your love. That, that we could just have peace and, and have rest because, not, not only because you command it, but it's who you are and what you've done. I just pray these your people would know that and wouldn't strive or would stop striving and, and just, just say, Jesus, fill me, fill me. And then they'd overflow and then they'd go and then they'd be filled again and then they'd, they'd go and overflow and it'd just go on and on. But, just help us to rest. Help us to take that time. But not because it's something we need to do, but it's because who you are and that we could find our rest in you. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, amen.